What's up? Hey, man. I got my uh, Kill Cliff CBD. This has got CBD in it, Dave. Oh, yeah. I used all my CBD ones. Uh, I chugged them. I shotgunned uh, eight of them back to back to see if I'd get, you know, the effects Any's, of one glass yeah. of wine. See if I get as buzzed as I get off one glass of wine, and it, it worked. I got some CBD gummies the other day at something I went to, and uh, someone was like, hey, you want some? They're like, oh, wait, no, you're driving. And I'm like, <laughs> what's, what's the, the deal? Is there an effect or not? Oh, it's like having a glass of wine. Oh, so you do feel an effect. No. You well, just feel... is, is there an effect or not? Well, let me ask you this. Do you want there to be an effect? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's called a is. placebo effect. It's like a glass but, of wine. I mean, I do feel the effects of Kill Cliff and the $20,000 they're paying me to show this in our podcast. No, they're not. Well, let's talk off the air about how I'm not getting any money. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> ah, let's bring on our guests. Let's do yes. it. I was thinking this morning, uh, Dave, that we've... Uh, I first heard of our guest because uh, I heard her on a uh, featured on a, a, a song. And I was cool. thinking, like, you know what? That's something years ago that we remember we used to bug and bug trying to get people featured on one of our songs. You know, we were just like kind of pushing for it because rock just wasn't doing it enough. And we see all these hip hop groups featuring all these people. And it's like, man, why don't we do that more? So I'm glad rock bands are doing a lot more. And then hopefully we can do a lot more too. So, but our uh, our guest today has done some of that, which is, and they're actually really awesome. Uh, it's uh, she's a Boston-born recording artist now residing in Los Angeles. Her new album, American Dream, is out now. Came out May seventh. Uh, you can go get that wherever you get music. And uh, here she is, welcome on our guest, Diamante. Yes. What's up, guys? Hello. Hey. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you guys so much for having me. This is awesome. Yeah, hey, thanks for pleasure. coming on. Yeah, this is we, really cool that you guys are doing a podcast. I feel like I need to get on the podcast train because everyone's got a cool podcast right now. Well, you know, that's what you got to do. If you, if you don't have a podcast, then uh, like, what are you doing the other 23 and a half <laughs> hours a day? I'm not sure because I'm you can't bored. tour. <laughs> right. You're unable to tour. What can you do? With your buddies, hmm. yeah, yes. you can. Yeah, you can just sit here and talk about jack shit. We were talking before uh, we started this. We were, the three of us were talking about uh, what were we talking about? Russia. Russia. We're talking, talking about buying drugs in in Russia. <laughs> <laughs> I still laugh about it, but uh, probably not the most heat score of the times, to tell you the truth. But yeah, no, uh, I remember. Yeah, I remember some other ones. You were talking to our our guitar tech Bobo and uh, talking about uh, you know excess joints that just get left and taped up in random hotel rooms across the country. So they're out there now. And when I get to a hotel room, first thing I do is like look in the uh, uh, where the blinds are and stuff and the curtains. There's nothing up there. Oh, lame. <laughs> well, we know where the one is hidden in St. Petersburg in Russia. We have we have our Bobo, our old guitar tech. My old guitar tech has pictures, and he even remembered the room number. So if we stay that again, it's probably crusty, dried, and the KGB will be waiting for you. So sounds fun. I'm ready to go back. So but your record about that. just came out. Yeah, your record just came out, right? Yes. Yes. Congratulations. Thank you. Two weeks ago, three. Uh, 
are you going to be touring now? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. I mean, like the whole idea now is fingers crossed, right? Even if you book a cool show or a cool festival, it's always like, well, maybe who knows if yeah. it's really going to go down anymore. If this last year has taught me anything, it's that nothing is guaranteed. Don't count on anything to happen. Just roll with the punches. It's a, it's a good lesson for music anyways, because that's kind of, isn't that what we do for a living? We have no <laughs> idea what's going to happen. It's like, I don't know. I mean, we'll put out a song and see what happens. So it all kind of fits. But like, do you have anything on the books? You got anything like a tour? That's, yeah. What do well, you got? Well, not a not a full tour but i have incarceration booked in september which i'm yep. super stoked about because i've never played that one mm. and also louder than life which i've also never played i've done yeah. like maybe two festivals so it's so incarceration we did the we did the is that where we did the tour of the jail after time yep. yeah yeah so you have to do that at night but wait till the guy who gives you the tour is really drunk. <laughs> Yeah, he get he bring he's got like a ball of jack and he's like this is a room and then we got towards the end of the tour and he he got a little out of hand a little too drunk and he said some things and we had to it just kept going too the tour yeah. never ended it was like two and a half hours and I'm like yeah it was right. like oh unless you're gonna God. guarantee me a ghost now I want to be done <laughs> yeah that's enough I want I have smelt enough black mold for uh, ten years I want to see a ghost or a demon now it's scary. yeah that's cool. Go do the tour. It is scary. Go walk around that place. Definitely going to do it. I did the tour at the Rave in Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. mm. That one is fun when you're going like into the underground tunnels and the, pool. You're the story about the janitor and the chair and a, a breeze goes past your shoulder. Mm -hmm. I love that stuff. We walked around the top of that one too, right, Ty? It's got that big dome uh, ceiling and you can walk right around the top. Yep. And we took a bunch of pictures and then after, you know, there's like dust orbs and we're like, ghosts. <laughs> yeah, not a percent. You're like well, convincing we... yourself, oh yeah, man, that's totally a ghost in that that's, photo. That's the ghost. I remember when the... we took that one and I felt a little breeze right then too. It's coming back to me. Definitely yes. a ghost. What did she say to you? She said, uh, rock, rock on tonight. <laughs> yeah. Have a good show. Had a good show. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember we we played for so long now because we're like eighty, but uh, we used to play there Dave, collectively. Yeah, back <laughs> before like any of that stuff was open. Remember, we had to like climb into the false ceiling and climb over to go into the other side because it was all locked and it was pitch black, mm -hmm. and we like had flashlights. And then they it's opened it all cool. up. That's yeah, it was full of up. stuff, like chairs and stuff like that. Whoa. Uh, at one point, it was just packed with stuff, like overloaded. At one point, it was Bodies. like had two feet of water in the bottom, I remember as well. It's been some weird stuff happening there. It seems like nothing should happen in that place, but stuff's happening. So definitely ghosts. Yeah. Are you a believer? Do you believe in ghosts? See, Ty and I, we like to talk about goofy <laughs> stuff like ghosts and Bigfoot. So I'm a believer in everything. So... Where do you stand? Yeah. Do you, I think places definitely have energies and history. So, I mean, those that can be considered ghosts. And that place especially, I would not walk alone in that venue. I always had to have someone walk with me at all times because I was super freaked out. You do that thing where you, you take, like, the last three steps so much faster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's that venue in, uh, in New York, Dave? Remember that theater where some girl hung herself? And then we went in those tunnels. Remember, they said there was some old guy that died there. That he would walk past you, and you'd brush past you. Remember that? Hmm. 
Remember that guy like put the the flashlight up and then he would ask questions and the flashlight would like flicker. Oh yeah. Where were you? Remember that? Yep, I remember that. Was it old theater or something? Yes. You said that already. (laughs) (laughs) How much Russian dope were you smoking? (laughs) Well, it probably wasn't Russian. Oh God! Hey, you know what we want to know? Because on our last podcast, we we were talking about things we would like to do. And me and Dave both said, go back to school. And you went back to school and you graduated college, which I thought was amazing. So what's the deal with that? What what did you study? I studied business and I've been going to college ever since 2015. And the last four years of my life was like, do a semester, go on a tour, do a semester, go on a tour. So I was taking a really long time to do school. And then obviously this last year or so, I thought, well, can't go anywhere, can't tour, so might as well go back full time. And then that's what I did. And I just, I powered through and then I graduated May 1st and it took me six years, but I'm so glad that I did it. You graduated wow. one week, your record came out the next week. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a cool week. <laughs> and now you're well, a doctor, which is crazy. Yeah, now I got a PhD. <laughs> I uh, was looking at some astrology course or something like that and it looked i was totally uh, i was ready for it i'm like, sign me up i was like looking into it and then all of a sudden it said it was it was equivalent to and you would get college credit for it and i was like oh man i'm not ready for this ready. <laughs> as soon as i knew it was a college credit course i was like i can't do it i'm not, uh, what i what was i thinking <laughs> yeah you're too, you had an anxiety attack like oh i yeah. can't do it it's too much pressure because now i get deadline? credit yeah because all of a sudden you're going to be graduated from college and you're like oh man so business that's actually a really good thing to take to be honest like yeah and what's really cool is that um this last year because i was going to school full-time and i was working on the album and i was getting ready to release this album it was kind of like i was going to school for music business in real time and everything that i learned in class i would apply to releasing this album and then Every time I had a project or a paper, I always made it about the music business because it was something that I'm passionate about. So it made school fun and I actually learned a lot. And because the professors couldn't challenge me because they weren't in the music business. So if right. I said something with enough conviction, they're like, okay, yeah, I guess she knows what they're she's like, saying. like, that's not true. They're like, oh, isn't it? Please welcome <laughs> Howard Benson to the room. <laughs> hey, Howard, they and said Howard this isn't in. true. And he's like, hmm. <laughs> We love Howard. <laughs> you must you must know Howard obviously pretty well now. You spent some time yeah. with Howard. We we, we did uh, four records with Howard Benson, I think. So let's uh, let's make fun of him and get some dirt out of there uh, on yep, Howard. Hundred percent. Did he wear oh, sweatpants? Oh yeah. And Philadelphia <laughs> Eagles jerseys. All the time. Yeah. I love it. So from Actually, being from, from Boston, I mean, that's New England. It was, was, it was, did he not like that you were you, do you like sports? I mean, I'm not like a huge sports fanatic, but, you know, I do have to represent Boston. So he would always make fun of me for that. But he, he takes his sports very seriously. So <laughs> he does, but I still like, like he loves like cycling. He loves yeah. cycling. He's Waking up at cycling. five in the morning to go on a six mile cycling adventure. <laughs> I don't yeah. know how he does. Well, yeah, he does it with this uh, super electric bike that I think does the climbs for him now, right? He's not he going to like that. He's not going to like that. Yeah. I talked to him a little bit about that last time I saw him because uh, I was like, how does this bike work? It just helps you up the hills a little bit. Yeah. I'm like, oh man, that sounds really nice actually. 
<laughs> yeah, the things are like five G's or something like that. I'm like, I'm still pedaling my bike by myself, <laughs> dude. All of it. <laughs> yeah, we're we're doing it the old school way. No, Howard is awesome. Um, this is my second album that I did with him. The first time with a label, this time without a label. So we didn't have to deal with, you know, A&R or having to go through 10,000 people. It was really just him, me, Neil Sanderson from Three Days Grace. We created this like trio team and created this album that was totally collaborative. And it was so much fun. So awesome. Howard, I always credit him as the one who really taught me how to sing with conviction because I love whenever he pushed me in the vocal booth and tell me like, I didn't believe a single word that just came out of your mouth. Do that again. I love that because I love being pushed in that way. And then as far as songwriting goes, he was always the one that was telling me, you know, you got to write that really painful, uncomfortable stuff because that's, what's going to resonate at the end of the day. So I mean, read something you said, maybe you were, they taught you how to reach your vulnerability or something. It was some kind yeah. of comment like that. And the word vulnerability, I love because it's, for singers, which I am not, I be really believe that what makes a great singer is the ability to become vulnerable in front of a large group of people. And that's really difficult for people to do. And I mean, to do it on, on you know, a recording is also difficult because it's going to be time stamped and imprinted forever. And, but I think it's really, uh, it's a key. And Howard's smart. He knows that too. So great lesson from the great Howard Benson. Shout out Howard Benson. <laughs> and Neil too. We have a long history with Neil. We've known uh, the Three Days Grace guys forever as well and done a ton of touring uh, with him. So it's a good team. You got a good team. Yeah. And, it, and it's on, is it Judge and Jury Records? Is that what they're calling it? Yeah. So they actually formed their own record label, which is really cool. And now they're kind of I guess maybe I was like the first artist they decided to try this out with. And now they have like a whole roster of artists that they're working with. So it's really cool. Isn't You're it the cool flagship. To... That's awesome. Sorry. Isn't it cool to be able to kind of make two records with the same teams. And then one is kind of in the industry standard with the label and this and this, and then this other opportunity to make a record and sort of having taken out this middle man, pretty cool actually to be able yeah. to go in and feel like you can make the record you want to make and there's nobody on this side saying well let's have a little bit of this and let's have a little bit of this it's just like you say that that three-man team and you just went with that i think it's I felt like the industry got like almost too controlling over how music was made. And it feels like it's giving, being given back to the artists a little bit. And I, I think that's a good thing because music started to sound a little bit samey, especially in rock music. And I think that it's starting to break free from that. And people are going, Oh yeah, this sounds cool. This is different. Ah, this is cool. So I think that's a testament to that, to be able to do that and, and good for Howard and Neil to be, trying to make things like that happen too yeah that was a fun conversation i i went to them um i think september of 2019 i'm like okay guys i know i don't have a record label anymore but hear me out like what do you guys think if we go do this album together let's just see what happens so it was super awesome of them to just kind of take this leap with me because they've never done anything like this before and i mean neither have i so i was like let's just see what happens and go from there Right. And you, I mean, I guess you become your own A&R person, right? You, you determine 
what songs you want to put on the record and what direction you want to go in and yeah one day dave one day (laughs) (laughs) yeah we have we have a lot of freedom but yeah i could see that like did you feel a difference did you feel like there was an excitement making uh with those two people uh where else whether i don't know where the your old labor was but probably most likely weren't where you could actually get them all in one room and have a conversation right so it's no it was making this album was vastly different um on that first album with the label, you know, the pressure was, I need to please everyone and make sure I'm doing a good job and make sure that everything's good. And then the second time around, it was, if everything fails and goes horribly, it's your fault because this is all on you this time around. So that was something I had to deal with. But as far as creating and making the album, I had so much more say this time around. I got to actually pick the name of the album what songs got put on the album and what order they were released who i got to collaborate with who i got to write with so a lot of people have told me when they listen to american dream the second album they're like man this is you we listen to this album and we can hear you as a person not just a brand new artist who got signed to a label and is kind of being told what to do in every direction which is what you want too you don't want to just be the voice of uh of it you want to it you want it to be your songs and your words and again that's how you i think can really get them across honestly is if you feel them and lived them and uh you know that's your story that's cool yeah Yeah, so now what what what's what is the craziest uh thing you want to do you know with your career like Anything that you could say like, oh, this this would be insane, but I want to do this. Is there something like with the hometown thing? You know, would you want to play? I mean, is there a certain place you want to play? Is there, you know, something someone you want to play with? Is, well, do you have until, any of these kind of goals? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Up until this point, I've only ever toured U.S. and Canada. So I'm dying to go to Europe, to go to wow. Latin America. Tokyo is a huge bucket list place mm-hmm. for me. And um as far as like venues go, I mean, the dream, you know, Madison Square Garden one day, mm. um, I, I dream big. And every time I see like, you know, the, the Grammy nominations every year, I'm like, oh man, one day. Every time I watch the Grammys, I'm like, maybe one day. So who knows? There's been a lot of stuff that's happened to me already where at one point I was like, okay, one day, like getting to play incarceration. To me, that's like, whoa, or louder than life. Cause I would see the lineups get posted every year and I'd think, Oh my gosh, maybe one day that could be me. Yeah. Cool. MSG MSG was, we did MSG with Motley Crue and Madison square garden. I I swear. I just, I remember in our dressing room, just pressing my head against the the bricks and being like, man, there's like a tiny bit of Led Zeppelin bouncing around in these, in these bricks, tiny little bit reverberating. All the the history, I love it. I love the historical feeling like you're playing a place that someone else has played, being on a stage that someone else has graced, and you're like, man, we were we we played at Prince's Club, where Prince yeah. would play on, you know, that stuff's. I love that stuff. Yeah, I mean, you just get and it never stops, right? And they just once you fulfill that one, whether whether it's to have a number one single or release release an album or something. Then it's like it gets into like touring, gets into these venues like mm-hmm. playing Wembley or yeah, going playing playing Tokyo. We've still never been to South America. That we get a lot of fans 
that are like, when are you coming to Brazil? When you, and we're like, for we, we, I don't know. <laughs> We'd love to go down to like, you know, Rio and places. There's a big festival down there. And, yeah, Rock and Rio. Yeah. That'd be amazing. Yeah. It would also be emotional for me because my mom's Mexican. I spent a lot of summers in Mexico. I have a lot of family there. So to be able to go play Mexico City would be such a cool thing to do and have like, mm -hmm. my family show up and friends that I grew up with in Mexico. That's good. That's an awesome one. Yeah. Our, we family are in Vancouver and we played there so many freaking times now that now I think some of our family don't even show up. They're like, whatever. The idea of the home show now terrifies me. I'm like, man, I wonder if I can get, if I can get away with the home show without telling anybody I'm coming. Yeah. Hmm. Skip our hometown. <laughs> How come you guys never play Vancouver? It's too stressful. <laughs> yeah. Guest list. Too much guest list. Well, the good yeah, thing like, is my hometown is technically LA and a lot of, sh you know, tours don't really happen in LA. So yeah. I lucked out on that one. Unless yeah. I go play like the Viper Room or those cool Sunset Strip little venues for fun because they have so much history and they're so legendary. Is that happening yet? I mean, do you go to some of those things? I, I, have you ever been to some of those jam nights? Yeah. The Viper Room <laughs> has it once a week. Uh, I can't remember the guy's name that puts those on. And then there's one at the the one at the bowling alley. Oh, yeah, Lucky Strike. Lucky Strike. I actually I... played that one Halloween uh, maybe two years ago. I dressed up as Joan Jett, and I just covered Joan Jett songs because she's my idol, and I love her. Nice. It's fun. It's fun to go to. Joan Jett's your idol. That's badass. The Lucky Strike, is that where? Is that the restaurant that's right there at Jerry's? No. It's no, on no, Hollywood that's... and Highland is that in that bowling shopping alley? center. Yeah. No. Yeah. Dave, you're thinking the one we went with Zach. No. Yeah. The Hollywood Highland. Yeah. They have like a jam night. And you know, I've, I've done the, I've done the lucky strike one. I actually brought my dad. My dad played Aww. with me. Uh, That's pretty cool. I've never done the Viper room one. So who knows? Maybe we could go jam there one day. Got to get your dad back in town. Play guitar. I love to like be able to just play guitar or something. You can sing and I'll just stand in the back. Hi, why don't you Stand why don't back. you uh do more jams i only do jams with my dad it's only father oh, and son my dad's like darth vader and i'm princess leia <laughs> <laughs> your parents musical do you have musical parents no which is so no. funny my mom she jokes that she's completely tone deaf and she is and we love her for it um my dad he's he's italian so he's got like this very loud booming voice and he has this strong presence but he doesn't have any musical abilities the only i guess maybe musical person in my family is my grandfather who passed a couple years ago but he was obsessed with classical piano and classical music and he could tell you listening to 20 seconds of a song or even less like this is this section of this symphony by this composer and he knew it all so that's i think cool. it came from him i really do yeah. so that's pretty cool so you, a lot of stuff you did he was he able to hear any of the stuff you did before he passed like uh, no because i was so little i was like maybe eight nine years old uh, okay but, but it's fine yet... my younger sister also sings so we don't really know where it comes from you got strong uh, culinary personalities in your background with the Italian and the Mexican. Oh, uh, yeah. Who wins in the kitchen? Your mom or your dad? Like who's, who's cooking? My dad, hands uh, down. He's so, actually uh, an incredible chef, and he opened up a restaurant in Mexico not yeah. too long ago. That's his, that's his thing. So I grew up very lucky that I was able to have his cooking every night for dinner. 
Like what? What are we? What are some dishes? Italian? Oh Mexican, yeah. Mexican? Both? I mean, now that he's lived in Mexico for a while, he's learned some Mexican dishes. But growing up, it was like pastas mm. and steak and you know chicken and all these amazing Italian foods and. Um, He's the one who's like, you never put chicken in pasta, which is so popular here in America. So it's it's funny how um, Italian food in Italy is vastly different from Italian food here in America. I, uh, I you know, I grew up having a lot of Italian food. My dad uh, used to cook this thing. It was called uh, Kraft macaroni and cheese. It was delicious. <laughs> uh, he said he it was a, a recipe now. <laughs> Yeah, we come from Canada. We call it craft dinner. It's a Canadian thing. KD, KD, baby. They have com- they have commercials in Canada. Like, grab yeah, grab some KD tonight. And, and uh, Americans like, what's that? <laughs> Ty can attest to this. If if spaghetti is on the menu, that's what I will pretty much order on tour every every night for dinner. Yeah. Every time, spaghetti. spaghetti yeah, I'll Bolognese, take it. Spaghetti. Yep. Spaghetti 100%. with meat sauce or whatever. That's just something. Some pasta and red sauce. I'll take it. It's my favorite. What about some like touring foods? Because as we all know, when you tour, it's what it's it's whatever you can get wherever you are, and because that's one of the things. Like after a while, you start like trying to acquire some sort of diet that isn't going mm-hmm. to kill you after a week. Mm-hmm. Like we always like tour, and the bands that open for us, they tend to look amazing when they start the tour <laughs> and by the end of the tour they look like they got they just look like they're wearing the same clothes and they're eating they're eating mcdonald's and i'm like what are you guys eating you can't eat that crap i gotta eat something better than that but what what are anything out on the road that you just gotta have any food you gotta stop well it's funny i mean i started out doing you know all the small club tours so that was rough you know having to live off of gas station food or whatever the venue could give you you can't be picky you just have to kind of roll with everything and lucky for me i'm, I'm pretty low maintenance when it comes to that stuff and if i'm in like new orleans i'm gonna have gumbo if i'm in the east coast i'm gonna have lobster rolls i always try to make the most of where i am and have stuff that sounds I like dean sounds like dean and then when I started doing the arena tours, it was like a brand new world. I was like, what? This is crazy. There's actual food that doesn't come in a you know snack bag. This is amazing. Um, There's so, catering. Yeah. You're like, yeah, what is catering this? Like, changed my life. <laughs> this is, what is this? This is tilapia. So, oh my God, it sounds amazing. Ooh. And then you're like, what is tilapia? Is that, They're is like, a it's, like a, it's like a dirty fish. I don't know. Is it Bonnaby? <laughs> So yeah, we did the Motley Crew <laughs> Crew Fest tour, and I mean, catering was off the chain. The, the catering crew toured with the the tour, and I mean, it was I just befriended them. They were all potheads, of course, so it was easy for me. <laughs> and uh, they would just make the most insane food. It'd be like ahi tuna seared. Yeah, it was blowing my mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, Ty's they favorite were... meatloaf. No, I don't. <laughs> It's a reoccurring joke that I like meatloaf. I never had, never had meatloaf on tour. I don't even know where I heard that from. <laughs> I've never had meatloaf ever. So. It's uh, I've made well, meatloaf and it's delicious. It's poor people it food. It's a it's a loaf. It's like a loaf of bread, and you slice it, and then it's just it's like meat with like mushrooms. It's just like ground beef with mushrooms or something, isn't it? It's baked into a loaf. Mushrooms? Oh, you ruined it right there. <laughs> Yeah, I always pictures like a slab of meat that was shaped like a loaf of bread every yep. time I hear meatloaf. 
Yeah, it's you're literally cooking like a giant. Like, you're like, hmm, should I? I got and I've I've made all this uh, hamburger meat. Should I make hamburger patties? Nah, let's just throw it on a pan and throw it in the oven for forty five minutes. Yeah, that's it's 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 basically doing half the job. That's what meatloaf is. You, yeah, you get tired of delicious. cooking and you stew it in the oven. Yeah, I like it. You know, you could probably do date, you know, date week old meatloaf. I'm pretty sure I've had week old meatloaf. This is great. This conversation is just getting into. Meatloaf. What did you guys talk about on the, the podcast? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Meatloaf and and ducks. weed. Weed. Uh, well, both go hand in hand. <laughs> That's right. Oh boy. So we want to also mention that you uh, you like to endorse some charity because we always ask guests to come on if they you know have a charity they like to tell people about. So sweet relief. We've done some sweet relief stuff too. Oh, Musicians okay. fun. So we'll give a little shout out to Sweet Relief, which helps mm. raise money for people in the industry, for some musicians that are struggling. Uh, uh, I just did a, uh, a golf tournament for charity that was raising money for some other charities for music and stuff. My buddy was playing with me. He's like, what do these musicians need money for? I'm like, well, it's not necessarily for musicians. There's a lot of people that work in venues. Yeah. You know, there's you know, crew and people that like have, you know, companies that rely 100% on traveling, touring bands and stuff. They're just like, they're bankrupt. So that, that's what they, yeah. so that's what it's for, man. Yeah. So, it yeah. was really rough seeing all my peers having to deal with that, especially this last year and my own crew and um, all the crew members I've met along the way. And so I did two live streams. Uh, like live stream concerts in 2020 and I donated a proceed of the ticket sales to uh, Sweet Relief because I totally believe in that cause. And um, I know we're all feeling it, but they are feeling it especially. So I, I love what Sweet Relief does for them and for musicians too. Awesome. Yeah, definitely check that out. And uh, yeah, we're excited to see all of our 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 road family again. I know it's, it's going to be so good. We're just looking forward to all those shows. Awesome. So cross your fingers, right? Yeah, fingers crossed. So maybe next time we'll see you, we'll be in person and we'll be playing some shows. Yes, hundred percent. That would be awesome. That would be so cool. Well, 100%. thanks so much for coming on our little podcast. Um, check out demonday's new record, American Dream, plus her other songs she's got out. Uh, I love the. Uh, song iris you did with breaking ben so good by the way thank you i want to i want to cover your guys's cover somehow so. <laughs> are you gonna sing both parts <laughs> i'll do both parts it'll suck but uh i'll give it my uh, best yeah so thank you so much uh and we'll, we'll see you real soon all right thank you guys so much for having me this was awesome and i'll see you soon all right take care bye, bye. awesome that was awesome yeah Fantastic! You're gonna you're gonna have to go to one of those jams now. Get out on uh, the Lucky Strike, and get up on stage, play some songs. I know. You know what's weird is that's like literally. He's like Tyler. Uh, what scares you the most? Is it uh, performing in front of a, like a you know sold out crowd somewhere or a festival somewhere? I was like, no, I don't get nervous. What about playing like acoustic guitar? in front of a bunch of other musicians at a f jam. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, mm -hmm. Can't do it. Pulling out. Performing in front of one of your peers. Mm, that's no, right. No, that's can't it. Can't do it. I'm out. So stupid. That's it. Yeah. 
it's interesting. But yeah, no, I really have told myself a gazillion times, like, I need to go out to some of those jams. Obviously, they're, I don't think they've been happening, but once they start up, I think I'm going to I'm gonna go out. Dude, I know the Viper Room has them every week, and I just can't remember the guy's name. <laughs> you know what? Puts them on. Once those get started again, you know what? I'm going to get right into them. Let's just do this here. Make a sticky note. <laughs> All right. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'll definitely be <laughs> jams. <laughs> Call them BS. <laughs> oh shit i'd love to Dave, but we gotta go on tour we're hitting the road i could just see it ah oh, man there's Dave, my door I can, I can tell that you're itching to talk about it so why don't we before we go you talk about your freaking fight punching bag thing <laughs> actually i watched uh some of diamante's videos and she had one called uh bulletproof yep. that was her like beating on a heavy bag and i was like mm -hmm. i'm adding this to my fight camp uh playlist, playlist which is pretty much is. just eye of the tiger on repeat right now so she's got nice a ton a of song uh, she's got a ton of exercise songs yeah that'd be nice you know songs you crank when you're going to the gym so this punching thing what's it called and how much are they paying you to endorse it i'm <laughs> <laughs> not paying me anything yet but we're i mean we're working on that you know it's one one step at a time but uh <laughs> well, we don't have to get into that details right now, Ty. So wait till now, my you first know fight. Wait Let's save that. <clears throat> Let's say, yeah. Well, you say you're going to fight uh, Logan Paul or Paul Logan, Paul Rogan, Paul Hogan. <laughs> you're fighting Paul Hulk Hogan. Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, our next podcast. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's <laughs> it for this. Is that Crocodile Dundee, Paul Hogan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not fighting either yeah. of those guys. No way. You could easily take Paul Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a left hook. Yeah, that's not a knife. This is a knife. Yeah, that was cool. That's right. Uh, yeah, so you can check out uh, Sweet Relief Music Musicians Fund. You can donate uh, mm. some money, help out some peeps, and other than that, go check us out on all our socials. Kill Cliff. You can check this out. It's obviously going to be on all the. Uh, you're, you're actually you're you're watching or listening to us now, so I don't. What's the point? I'm telling you yeah, where to get at this point. To listen to. <laughs> Bamian podcast at gmail .com. You can send us some comments and send us some quest video questions. Tell us your name and where you're from, and we'll we'll put it. We'll do another one at some point. Mm -hmm. So thanks everybody, Dave. Peace. Bye bye. From Kill Cliff, the number one clean energy drink in the mind of Joe Rogan, comes the Flamin' Joe. Sugar-free, B vitamins, electrolytes, all them good drink things. An epic spicy pineapple fusion from out of this world, straight into your drink hole. Only.